Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're, we're really glad you're here today. And I'll tell you, that's a powerful song. And I love that, that line that says, even when you don't see it, he's working. You know, I believe that God is working in your life, in my life, even when we don't see it. He's working behind the scenes to create opportunities uh, for us to understand his grace and his goodness and for us to go further and faster than we even imagined. And uh, God is a good God, and we're here to celebrate and, uh, and uh, encourage you in your walk with him. Well, today we're uh, completing our series called Transformed. And as you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about that couple that was celebrating their 60th birthday? So they're together celebrating their 60th birthday. And as they were celebrating, and this is not uh, spiritual, as they were celebrating, a, a genie appeared. And a genie said, hey, I'll give you one request, each one of you, what do you want? And, and uh, the wife immediately said, I've never been to Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii and poof. When the smoke cleared, there were two tickets to Hawaii. And then she looked over to the husband, and he put his head down and said, Well, I would like a wife that's 30 years younger. Mm. Poof. Smoke cleared. He was 90 years old. (laughs) He was transformed into a 90-year-old. Notice this transition. He was transformed into a 90-year-old. We're concluding our series called Transformed. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been uh, really working through this, asking God to speak to us and to change us uh, from the inside out. This series is about your potential. I believe it's about your possibilities. It's how God can change you into the person that he has created you to be. It's based on Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and we've had this foundation every week uh, during this series. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we've looked at a lot of different areas in which we've been asking God to change the way we think. We started off by talking about our spiritual lives, and then we talked about our physical health and our mental health and our emotional and relational health. And last week, we talked about our financial health. We talked about money. I love it when you take the principles that we present on Sunday, and then you just try it out. And so uh, I got a, a note this week from somebody that tried it out. It said, First of all, after last week's message, I went home and said, I am in complete shock. And these are all capital letters. Uh, So I looked at my charge card yesterday and everything that automatically comes out uh, each month. Because, see, last week I talked about that you need to go home because uh, there's money flying out of your house right now. And you need to close the door, stop the drain. So this is what she was doing. Uh, She said, I wrote down everything that automatically comes out of my account. And I realized that I don't honestly need any of it. Uh, 
then that canceling everything that wouldn't make a difference in my life. He said, I, then I called my cable company and they're upgrading my service and my bill went down $17.80. And my total savings each month was $148.22. And if I added that up for 12 months, it's $1,778. And she said, Marty, that's more than my house payment. So thank you uh, for the message. You know, that's, that's a good word. That's what we want. We want you to take this and just put it into practice. I really feel like that if you'll take the principles that we talk and just put them into practice, uh, God will allow you to go further and faster than you've ever dreamed possible. So today, we're going to look at your vocational life, your work life. You know, in your lifetime, you're going to spend 40% of your time here, here on this earth, more than likely, at work. Work defines our lives. Work often describes our lives. We, we tell people, oh, this is what I do. And so it's my desire over the next few minutes just to expand your thinking, to change the way you think about work. I believe that God has a purpose for you at work. And I'm going to talk to you about five different ways that, uh, that you can embrace your purpose you know, so many people struggle with their jobs. They struggle because, you know, am I in the right job? Uh, uh, how do you know if you're in the right job? I think there's several things. I think, first of all, you'll be successful. You'll be satisfied. I think you'll be fruitful. I think you'll be fulfilled. Uh, I think you'll be good at it. And that when you do that job, um, it will make you feel good. And so those are just some just basic things that... Um, that I want you to consider as we go through this message. And I believe that this, uh, your work really matters and that we need to maybe step back and look at your life and look at what you do and just try to figure out, are you at the right place or, or not? This message is not designed for you to have uh, go uh, in this afternoon, get on Indeed.com and um, all the job sites and, and get a new job. Um, I'm really more interested in a new you than I am a new job for you. So that's where I'm going with this. I'm more interested in, in a change from the inside out. Now, some of you, that may mean there's a change coming. But let's start with the heart first. Because here's the point. Meaning matters more than money. Meaning matters more than money. And that has to be the foundation of when we start to investigate job opportunities and, and work, what type of meaning does it uh, give us? And if you're in a job that does not provide meaning, then you need to back up and say, am I missing something here or maybe I'm in the wrong job? And I really feel like that you need to do whatever possible to get in a place where you can find meaning in your work. And that may mean that you have to lower your standard of living from where you are right now. That may mean this is a smaller house. Uh, it, I really feel like if you, if you go after the meaning, the money will follow. And so over the next few minutes, I just want you to challenge you and, and challenge the way you think about what you do and challenge the way you think about your work. Here's the point. When things change inside of you, things will change around you. When things change inside of you, you'll start to view those things going around you in a different way. 
And there's so many people that I talk to on a semi-regular basis that they say, Marty said, man, I'm struggling at work. I'm, I'm having this challenge here. Um, and that, those work thoughts, I mean, they, they permeate us. I mean, if you're like me, that oftentimes I'll leave work and I'll still have work on my mind. And when I get home, I'm just wanting to process. I want to think through it. And sometimes even during the night... Uh, I'll just process that as I sleep and I'll wake up with a, a new thought about a challenge or a process or a solution um, at work. But when it boils down to it, this message is about finding the purpose. Why do you work? So I think there's five reasons why we work. Here's the first one. I work in order to live. I work to meet my needs. This is the principle of necessity, okay? I need to work. It's the most obvious basic reason um, that that we all consider. And so we've got to come to a point where, yeah, we work so that we can eat. So it's survival mode. And the Bible talks about work a lot. In fact, in one section it says, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 11, it says, those who work their land will have abundant food. If you work your land, you work hard at it, you're going to have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Those who chase fantasies. I believe in dreaming big. I believe in thinking outside of the box. But there comes a point where we have to be careful that our dreaming is taking us somewhere. I don't want you to sit around and chase fantasies and just talk about what you're going to do one day. I want you to roll up your sleeves I want you to go to work, and I want you to create your future. I don't want you chasing fantasies. Now, I do. uh, I want you to challenge the process. I want you to think differently than you've always thought, because if you always think like you've always thought, you're going to always get what you've always got, okay? And so I just want you to think, and some of you are struggling with problems at work right now. It is time for you to back up and think differently about that. Think differently about that. Uh, Patty and I have a business coach, and, um, you know, we, we run three businesses, the church and two other businesses, and so we need other people to help us process as we manage the 60-plus employees that we have, and we try to do this kind of stuff. And so uh, we have a business coach out of Cincinnati, and Tim and he talked to us this week, and he said, Marty, he said, you need to back up like you're not the CEO, like this is your first day on the job, and you need to look at everything, and what would you do if you were brand new on the job? What kind of decisions would you make? And what he was challenging me to do is that, you know, you, you're trying to handle these things with the same thoughts that you've always done it. You've got to think differently. I'm thinking like, have you been listening to the sermons I've been preaching? Or maybe I hadn't even been preaching them to you. Maybe I'm just preaching them to me. And so when I talk about transform your thinking, this is something all of us have to do. We have to think differently about what, um, how we approach our jobs and how we approach uh, our work. Now, the very basic thing is uh, I work in order to live because it is my responsibility to take care of myself. I, it's my responsibility to take care of my family. Uh, one section of the Bible says, you know, if you don't take care of your immediate family, you're worse than an unbeliever. And so we've got to come up as, uh, and to take care of ourselves. It's our responsibility. Um, and so that is 
the very first purpose of work. Why else do we work? I work, secondly, in order to find my identity. The purpose of identity is to express talent. God, God wants you to work, and he wants, to express, he wants you to express your talent. He wants to, those things. He's made you unique. He has made you special, and he wants you to express those talents in that unique ways. And I've often talked about this through the years by looking at the word shape. God has shaped you, and he wants you to express your talents through his shape. Now, if you've been around Stevens Creek enough, you know that the shape um, stands for something. First of all, the S in shape stands for spiritual gifts. God has given each person who is a believer a spiritual gift. When you are saved, he releases a spiritual gift inside of you. It is this uh, uh, unique, special Ability, a supernatural ability that God gives to advance His purposes in the world. I think for most of us, we see that gift, and uh, when we see it come up in our lives, we know it. We know that God has wired us that way. Because we do something, and then right after we do that, we, we walk out and we said, Man, I was made for this. I was just made for this. Have you ever done something and you walk away from that activity and you thought, man, I was made to do this. That's that spiritual gift coming up. You're doing what you were made to do. First Peter says this, each one of us should use whatever gift he has received. Each of us, we should use it. We should use the gift he has received, what? We're to use the gift we're to receive to serve other people people. This means that we're to use our gifts uh, to, to extend grace to others, to be kind to others, to help other people. And when we do this, we're being used by the Lord. And this is how the body of Christ works, that we have a lot of different gifts. We're a volunteer intensive organization here at Stevens Creek Church, and we have a lot of people that use their spiritual gifts to make this happen. And I'll talk about that more in a moment. But so we look at the S as spiritual gifts. Secondly, the H, that's your heart. We're talking about your shape. You're talking about your talents, but heart is important. When I use the word heart, I'm really using the word passion. Some time ago, there's a group of 500 uh, uh, leaders that had given TED talks and they said, what is the number one key to success? In your vantage point, your viewpoint, what's the number one key? What, what, what do you see when you, uh, when you see the success in so many people? And the number one thing they said was passion. And so I ask you, what are you passionate about? What is it that just has your heart, that your heart goes out, that when you see that over here, that your heart just goes out and your heart wants to do something, your heart wants to speak into that, wants to help in that so look at that. Don't ignore that. And I don't know what your heart is. Your heart may be something in your uh, job at work. It may be uh, something that you do. Maybe if you're a teacher and you, your just heart goes out to train those students, or maybe you're a coach, or maybe um, uh, you're a medical professional and you, your heart just goes out to hurting people and, and so forth. What is that heart that your heart just goes out for? And I understand this. There are some folks here in this room that, uh, that their heart goes out to something that, 
that they're called to do, and it's not necessarily in at work, but they're working for the Lord outside of their employer. Here's the point. Your career is what you're paid for. Your calling is what you are made for. Your career is what you're paid for. You've got to what? It takes money to live, right? It takes money. You're responsible to take care, to do that. So it takes money to live. So your career is what you're paid for. Your calling is what you're made for. We're talking about um, finding your identity. We're talking about understanding your shape. The A, S-H-A, is is abilities. You have some natural abilities. Um, And you've had those. It's interesting to see some of these abilities that you have started to show itself even when you're a kid. Let's say 10 years old kid. If, let's say if you're at an elementary school and you've got a group of 10-year-olds and you said, okay, I'm going to say on the mark, set, go, and I want you to run to the flagpole. And then you do that and they run to the flagpole and everybody's kind of moving uh, at a pace, but then you see one person that is just out, shines, he's there before everybody or she's there before everybody even thought about it. And you know that that person was made to run. That they have this natural ability that God made that person quick. You have natural ability. Some of you are quick. Some of you have this ability with numbers. And that when you see numbers, you see stories. You see history. You see future. And numbers start to make sense. Other um, of you, you have this ability with your hands. And that you're like artists, and you may be a bricklayer, or you may be a const- in construction, but when you touch those materials, you make magic happen. You make magic happen because you are anointed with your hands to make things better. And so you have these abilities, so what kind of abilities do you see? Um, have you ever watched drummers drum? You know, uh, today, Josh Williams is our drummer. And when I think about that, uh, drummers have this natural rhythm. And everybody can't do that. I mean, if I sat at the seat to try to play drums for you, uh, we would empty this place out. Because I just can't do that. I'm just not wired that way. And, you know, I used to lead singing, uh, as Todd would said, when the church was a lot smaller. And if I sing again, it'll be smaller again because you'll leave. Um, And you've heard that one before, and that's true. And so you've got to find that natural bent, that natural ability. The, the P in the word shape means personality. How's your, how are you wired up? What's, what about your personality? Are you introverted or are you extroverted? You know, um, I am by and large uh, uh, somewhat of an introvert. Now, you would look at me and see me on stage and see me out in the lobby, and I am very extroverted because I, I come alive when I see you, Okay. Because you create something in me that brings energy and brings life. And I feel like that I am at my best when I'm talking to you and I'm out there. But I'm telling you, it takes me a day or two to get over this. You know, I will be an out front person, but then I need a day or so to recover from being out front. So some of you understand that. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Or are you intuitive? Are you sensing? How do you make a decision? Do you think through it? And you look at the pros and cons, and you look at that, and you make that decision, or do you just have this uh, sense where you feel your way through that? 
All of that uh, really meshes with your personality. Do you understand your personality? Now, in my, my parents' generation, they would have secular tools like the Myers-Briggs, and, and they would look at Myers-Briggs, and it helped to understand the personality traits. And then in my generation, the DISC profile came and you'd use a disc profile to try to understand that. In the millennial generation, they've got a secular tool called an Enneagram, and it just helps you to understand how your, your personality. It's a secular tool that kind of gets you some insight. But the bottom line is God created you as unique, and you really, you, you can look to tools like that that can give you insight, but, but you are so unique that you're not going to line up with everything because God has made you that way as special and different. So use that personality. When we look at the Bible, you know, we understand that one personality is not right and one wrong. Peter and Andrew are two um, brothers uh, where their story's told in the New Testament. Both of these brothers have a spiritual gift of evangelism. Now, Peter did it with groups, with large groups, okay? Peter would stand up and thousands of people would listen to him. But his brother Andrew, he did evangelism in smaller groups like one-on-one evangelism. Both used their gifts and both used their personalities, so you need to understand your gifts, but understand your personality. So, so where does my personality best suit me to serve? Now, the E of that shape would be your experiences. You know, look at where you've come from. Look at what you've done. God never wasted an, uh, an experience of yours, whether it's a pain or it's a problem. God will use your experiences to help you truly become the person that you are intended or created to be. So we're talking about your purpose at work. Here's the third thing, and the, the other uh, three things I'll talk about, uh, they're not going to be near that, near that long. It said, I work in order to develop my character. I work in order to develop my character. We're talking about why do we go to work anyway? Why do we go to work? You know, I work to live. I, I work to find my identity so I can use my talents. I work to develop my character. Now, God is more concerned about who you are than he is concerned about what you do. He's more concerned about you, the person. He's more interested in your character than he is your career. And God often uses your workplace to shape your character. Your workplace is a testing ground. And let me just say this, okay? Do not raise your hands when I ask you this question, okay? Do not raise your hands. Do any of you have a boss that drives you nuts? Now, in the first service, hands went up. I'm thinking, like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> any of you have a boss that drives you nuts? You know, on occasion, maybe you do. Do you know that God can use that boss that drives you nuts to develop your character? And God can use that boss that drives you nuts for you to grow stronger through it all. And there are some of you that you've been placed in a, a very uh, difficult work environment. And it's like when you go into that environment, it is like sandpaper, that God is using sandpaper on you. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and sometimes this sharpening process is very painful. And what he's doing, he's developing strength of character in you. And you have to understand that, and you have to be on guard. Because oftentimes, we're put in difficult situations. 
And the first thing that we want to do is get out of it. We want to run. But here's the point. While you are working on the job, God is working on you. While you are working on the job, God is working on you. And so if you run, you may miss the opportunity that God has to work on you in that particular area. And so just understand, this could be a time where God is just developing your character. And I understand that uh, some of you work in very, some toxic places. And I just want you to, uh, to be on guard. I want you to protect yourself. I want you to go in uh, with, with spiritual armor on, as the book of Ephesians said, that you just pray that the Holy Spirit go before me and that you would use your words and that this is a season. But if you're in a dangerous place, you don't need to stay there. You don't need to, if you're in a dangerous place, you don't need to stay there. Uh, we've got to use a little common sense as we go through this and say, there have been times where, God, would you please teach me what I need to know because I'm tired of being right where I am. And so you've got to have this uh, place where uh, you go to the Lord for direction and insight. While God is working, while you are working on the job, God's working on you. And God's working to develop your character. And this takes us to the fourth purpose. I work in order to share the good news. I work in order to share the good news. Uh, at work, you say, I have this opportunity, and you have this opportunity to witness to other people. God expects us to use our work to validate his message. Your life is the only sermon that some people will ever hear or see. And so I am not telling you to take your Bible uh, and beat people over the head tomorrow. I'm not telling you that. I'm not even telling you to take your Bible and put it uh, on your desk. That, that is a statement. But I am saying this. I want you to live your Bible out. I want the Bible to be in your heart. And that when you go and you make decisions, that people understand that you're making this decision for the company and you're operating from a different vantage point than others. That you are going to live and you're going to work and you're going to... Uh, uh, work and serve as if Jesus is your boss and not someone else. That we work to honor him. Okay? And so we, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11 it says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work. Next verse. So that your daily life may win the respect. God wants your daily life, your regular life to win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And so we're there to live out our Christianity in a way that brings the respect of people who are watching us. They're watching you. They're watching how are you handling this negative person at work. They're watching how are you handling being overlooked or being mistreated. They're watching this. And, and you may not even realize it, but your stock in their eyes uh, is going up, up, up. Because they see you are different than the rest. That you are responding not like everybody else is responding. And so just understand um, that we work to share the good news and we share it in different ways. And some of you are in a very difficult place. But hear, hear this. Could it be that God 
has allowed you to be there because he knows that light shines the brightest in the darkest room. That light shines the brightest in the darkest room. And some of you may be going through from very dark places, but I just encourage you, let the light of Jesus dispel the darkness around you. Let it dispel the darkness. And in doing so, you'll fulfill your purpose of winning the respect of others. You'll fulfill your purpose of, of sharing a Christ at work. Here's the fifth and final one. I work in order to make a difference. I work to, uh, to make it. I want to help people along the way. And so I do that in different ways. I work, and at work, I want to be a, a mindful of other people, and I want to help other people get further down their path. I work to make money. I work to make money so that I have that money so that I can help other people. So I just want you to think about it that way. Um, I mean, so many times in life, uh, we look at our jobs as just a way to make money, and we look at our purpose as something that we do outside of the job, and that's fine. And there are some people in this culture, in this world, that that maybe uh, you invent something and you you make a lot of money, or maybe you uh, retire early, uh, 30, 40, 50 years old. And then you've got your enough money to live on. Now what are you going to do? Well, I want you to consider what are you going to do to make a difference? Some of you are looking and you're working toward retirement and you've put that on the calendar and I'm going to retire at 65 or 67 or I'm going to retire at 72 or, or whatever that magical number is. And you said, that's when I, I'm going to really do something. Well, I just want you to, to put that in the hands of the Lord. The Lord may want you to stay where you are longer so that you can continue to be the light, or you may cash out early because he's got another plan for you. And this is where you really say, God, I am surrendering my talents. I'm surrendering my abilities. I'm surrendering all of this to you, and I'm putting my life in your hands, and I am working to make a difference. Here's what we know. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. And so when you start to care about other people, you're going to be refreshed. Now, like I said earlier, Stevens Creek is a volunteer-intensive organization. Also, the Augusta Dream Center is a volunteer-intensive organization. When you look at this ministry here, uh, you've got to understand that we need you. We need your help. Just in children's ministry, just... This morning, we'll need between 75 and 100 volunteers just to do what we do with the 350 uh, kids that will serve fifth grade down just today. Then I think about our youth ministries, and I think about we have 98 small groups across the city, and I think about those. But then I, I think about the, the Dream Center and the hundreds, even thousands of people that we served. Do you know, I think last year we served 17,000 people through our Dream Center. Well, you know what? That is staffed by volunteers. And there are many people that, that, yes, they do their job so that they can make money to live, but they really find their purpose by serving others that cannot ever repay them. And they, they do that. And so I just want you to think like that. 
you know, we're finishing this series called Transformed. And if you've been in a small group, then you know that this series has been done in partnership with Saddleback Church in Southern California. Saddleback's pastor is Rick Warren. Several years ago, Rick Warren wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life. And that book has sold more copies around the world than any other book besides the Bible that has ever been written. And Rick tells a story that uh, some time ago that, that the CEO, Eric um, Saminer from uh, Adidas Sportswear, read the book. And Eric read the book and it changed his life and accepted Christ. It so transformed him that he called up Saddleback and said, I just want to meet with Pastor Warren. Uh, I'll fly anywhere in the world. He's from Germany. I'll fly anywhere in the world to meet with him. And they said, well, you can meet with him between services next Sunday. And so he flew from Germany and went to Saddleback. And right after service, he met with uh, Pastor Warren. And he said, okay, I am saved now. And uh, I want to... I want to resign my position as CEO of Adidas and I want to become a pastor. And Rick said, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. (laughs) The dumbest thing I have ever heard. He said, don't do that. God has given you these talents and abilities. God has given you this platform. I want you to use this to honor him. He said, okay, just be practical. He said, how many people is on your leadership team? He said, we've got five. He said, are any of those Christians? He said, well, two of Uh, the five are are Christians, three are not. They said, okay, you get with the other two and you start praying for the the three that are not. That's how I want you to think. When you approach uh, the business, I want you to run that business in a way that would honor God, to do Christian principles as you uh, develop the business. Just think like that. How many employees do you have? Well, we have 25,000 employees. He said, that's like a a mega, mega church in, uh, in the States. So, You've got 25,000 people that I want you to take care of them as if Christ were working through you. How about other CEOs? How about people who are influencers, people, uh, celebrities that, uh, that uh, carry your brand? He said, I want you to be kind to those because just maybe those celebrities live a very um, isolated life at times and they're going to need somebody to talk to when they go through a crisis and just maybe God could use you to be that one. And he just started to open up his uh, eyes about how to be a Christian in the marketplace. Here's the bottom line of this entire message is this. Your work is more than about making money. And I just want you to understand that, and I want you to see that. Your work is more than about making money. And I realize some of you work, like I said, you work for the government, you work for health care. Some of you are stay-at-home moms. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, you work harder than, um, than the rest of us. It's a 24-7 job. It is a very challenging job, and we honor that. I'll, I'll never forget when our kids were small, oftentimes I couldn't wait to get to go to work. <laughs> Some of you husbands are... They say, yep, I'm not going to admit it, but that's me. Uh, you can't wait because... Uh, and then I'd leave Patty with the, with the kids because she's... Because yeah, she, um, that's her job, right? <laughs> yeah. Good thing that she's in children's ministry right now. Whew. I didn't say that in the first service. I had to watch them. I'm a little looser now. <laughs> but we understand that it takes that. And I understand too, you're, you're at different seasons. There's some folks that, that you can't work like you used to work. 
Uh, you know, you're, you're in a season where you're not able to do that. And so this, this is about blooming where you're planted. And, and you may not do what you used to do, but that doesn't mean that you can't do what God wants you to do. And so many times when we say the word work, we are immediately going to uh, the marketplace and saying that, no, I want you to step back and say, God, I'm giving my life to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm surrendering my talents, my abilities, my identity. I'm giving it over to you. I want you to use me as you see fit. And if we can uh, approach uh, our jobs like that, it will change the way we think about work and it'll change our lives. Okay? I want to pray for you today. And as we uh, pray today, I realize that there are a lot of you uh, that you're at different seasons. And like I said, this message is not intended for you to go and resign this week. It is not at all. If you resign, we're in big trouble. Okay? This is about God show me your will um, and God help me uh, to use this experience to become more like you. Now, granted, some of you may need to. Some of you, God, may be prompting to you that this is, it's time for a change. You've been where you are long enough because where you are is not bringing the best out of you. Hear me on that. Some of you are working in places that are, are not doing your favor. They're not bringing the best out of you. And you're angry and you're mad and, and you bring that home and you process that on your family and it's just not good. Now, there's a couple of things. Now, you may be an a change agent there. You, you may be there to help take that group to a place of peace. You may be there for your char character to be developed, but that's where you say, God, open the doors that I'm to walk through and close those doors I'm not to enter into. Just be very practical with this. So, so let me pray for you, okay? Father, I'm so thankful today that I have an opportunity to stand before a congregation like Stevens Creek. It is an honor. And I pray for the leaders here. I pray, pray for the workers here. I pray for the homes. And there are people here that live under stress. And I just pray that you would come and relieve the stress. God, there are people here that are just crying out for direction. I, I, God, I ask that you'd make it clear. And Lord, there's another group of people that are longing for purpose. And I just ask that, that you would take them on a journey, that they would see their spiritual gifts and understand their hearts and passions and how you've wired them. And that you would, Lord, call them forward into ministry. I pray, Lord, over this congregation. I pray for you that are struggling because you want to work, but you're not healthy enough to work. God, I ask that you would extend mercy and grace. God, I ask that you would bring healing. Father, I pray for those that are working hard, but they just don't make enough money to live. I ask, God, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, that you would bring resources into their family from unexpected places. Father, I, you said in your word that you would meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. I ask, God, that you would start to let that become evident and let us see your hand at work. So come, Lord, bring resources. God, bring meaning and purpose. We thank you for what you're doing, and we give this to you. 
And we pray that your blessings and your favor would be upon us. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.